welcome to another episode of Simon Says, Let's Talk Business. I'm your host, Al Simon, with Sandler Training on Business Radio X. And uh, this show, we, uh, we spotlight uh, professionals from the uh, metro Atlanta area who run excellent businesses and they share their best practices with us. And so business professionals can learn from the best. Also, listen carefully because you may want to contact the guest. And today our guest is John Loud, president founder, right, and president yes. of Loud Security Systems. Yes. Welcome, John. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, uh, John is now the uh, chairman of the Cobb Chamber of Commerce. And we'll talk about that as well uh, a little bit later on. So, uh, again, Simon says, let's talk business on Business Radio X. Uh, John Loud, president and CEO and founder of Loud Security Systems. Uh, great name, right? Loud Security Systems. Awesome. I have to always reassure people. I was born with the last name Loud. I've always, you know, my parents uh, unfortunately got divorced when I was young. So when the business got started years later, she got finally a good use for that last name. So. Oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> you see, your mother's so. finally happy. That's good, yeah. Well, you and I met years ago, uh, in, and I'm uh, very, very impressed by your organization, uh, impressed by you as, a, as a, uh, a leader. And so well, let me start from the beginning. How did you get into the security business, John? Well, kind of an interesting one. I actually was, uh, after graduating college, with a political science major. Um, not many companies out there are looking for somebody like, hmm, who's got political science? We need to hire you. So when you're focused on <laughs> politics like that and you don't really find something other than you know you can think, I did the closest thing to get involved with politics, and I went up to Boston and managed comedy clubs for about two years. Did you really? That's yes, indeed. That's political. There you go. And that's yeah. where you learn the talents you don't have by watching the amazing talents of those men and women. So pretty neat. Yeah. Anyway, you know, the quality of the hours that you have to work from 3 in the afternoon to 11 at night are kind of rough. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have guy friends, girlfriends, because everybody schedules the opposite. And I said, you know, I've always wanted to be a pilot. Let me go see about the quality of that work environment. So few years later, I decided, you know, I got hired by Delta Airlines as a flight attendant. Okay. So I was a flight attendant with Delta for six years, went and got all my single multi-commercial instructor twin engine ratings and uh, started to build quite a few hours and realized my love for people would be so tough to sit in a cockpit for six hours or three days or six days talking to some guy being a computer programmer in a sense, which they have an amazing talent and thank you for their commitment and safety for all of us. But it just wasn't wired for me. Right. You know, and I had one flight, for example, when I was flying, I flew from Manchester, England, back to Atlanta. And I'd always find some passengers and kind of have some fun. And when one of these couples were like, would you go outside and play for a little while? <laughs> like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Anyway, so, you know, realizing that the pilot in command role was not going to be ideal for me, started to kind of search around. And I actually learned about recurring monthly revenue. Uh, like, what is that? That's a good one. So I learned about insurance, agent, money management, and then learned about the security industry. So actually, when I started the company from scratch, I had never worked for another company. Nobody in my family had ever had an alarm system. And I love research, so I kind of slowly started putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Maybe that's good that you didn't have any prior. I mean, because, what? You, you know, because <clears throat> there, there's, aren't there things that go along with starting a business that if, if you look at other people who do the same business, you... You bring over their best practices, but you also bring over their worst practices, yeah. don't you? So one of my philosophies along the way through the years is all about R&D. So traditionally in the world, what's R&D? Research and development, yep. where you find out stuff. Yep. Yeah. So mine's all about rip off and duplicate. 
So okay. when I was flying with Delta, if I was laying over in Houston, Texas, I'd get out the yellow pages because back then they existed, and I'd start calling the local alarm companies and saying, if you were starting again, uh-huh. what would you do the same or what would you do different or what's that market look like? And then I went to a Georgia Burglar Fire Alarm Association show here in Atlanta and found a manufacturer of the equipment that seemed like a good match because what do I know? Then I went and uh, found a – they said, if you purchase th- this equipment from this distributor – They'll give you a certificate to monitor at this central station for one year for free. Okay. So I'm like, I know the equipment. I know where to buy it. I know. So I started slowly putting the pieces of the puzzle together to be able to, and I just had to figure out where's, where am I going to find a customer? So yeah. part, of, part of my R&D. Wait, that's sales. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, but my mind is more sales and marketing piece of it all. But, mm. So then my R&D kicked in. So I invited about eight companies to come to my home for my research to deal with pricing and product and layout and paperwork and all that so okay. I gathered tremendous amount of info and actually then started to go get hired by a company started to go through their sales t- training and I really felt like theirs was just so pushy and it wasn't comfortable yes. for me mine's more of an education sale and kind of the goods and bads as to how this works and what's that match look like for us yeah so I never even went on my first sales call and said you know what I think I'd rather try to see if I can create and I ended up selling packages through real estate agents okay that led on to you know, home inspectors and insurance agents and mortgage companies and ultimately onto builders. So I took a loan for about 20000 when I started it. And six months later, we were 100% debt-free. Nice. And debt-free all the way up till about 2011. And it was more by choice as we started to have a piece of the growth be involved in acquisitions where right. folks that were retiring or medical or different pieces. Yeah, there's two kinds of loans. One is survival and one is leverage. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. You know, the tough part for us though, through, you know, you go through economy changes. Obviously we've all been through there. So yeah. by the time 06, 07 came, we were focused at about 40 to 50 custom builders. And do you want to take a guess of how many of them survived? Oh, not in that time frame? One. Wow. So you, you deal with a, a transition as to how you go to market today versus yeah. how are you gonna go to market down the road. And I have an amazing lady, Diane, on my team. She's my comptroller. She's been there about 16 years now. And I love Diane to death. I just don't always like her. (laughs) And I'm the only shareholder of the company, but she'll yell at me from all of our just different community and civic gives. And she's like, we're not a nonprofit or a non-for-profit. But one of the best things she did is by helping me run that business like a business and not just having the friend relationship or, you know, when builders got behind, she started to put liens down and we stopped work. So that was kind of tough from the relationship, but it was the right thing. So it really protected us from actually following the tidal wave of when so many of them, unfortunately, are into different careers later. Yes, there. I mean, business is it's business, right? It's not playtime. Yes, this is serious stuff, and you got and but and but professionals that figure it out know how to keep those relationships fine for when things get better. Well, but I think the big thing that we all small business folks struggle with is that when you incubate a business or have an idea and this is your baby, sometimes mm. it's tough for us to get out of the way yes. to be able to allow your Diane's and your Eric's and Brad's and others that are on our team that are so key. I, I guess one of my talents I learned later is to know when to get out of the way. Know yes. where, look, I became an installer. The bad part is I realized I was two years in the business and I was supposed to have a license. So I got my license, I did, okay. I passed it. And then I was an installer at my company for about eight or nine years, and then my team said, no, we'll take it from here, because they didn't want to fix sometimes the things that I was doing. And, um, but it's getting those right people. Gotta know where your talents are. Yeah, yeah it's getting yeah. the right people in the right role, as I'm yeah. sure many folks you've talked with about, it's about building it's that huge. team. It's yeah. building that culture. Yeah. Um, so. yeah. so it's been a great ride, huh? Yes, well, we're at 25 years this summer, um, June 27th, 
yeah. uh, will be 25 year mark for okay. us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you ever envision it to be an industry that that had so many changes? I mean, technology, right? I'm just, mm-hmm. I mean, just the way right. people buy. I mean, what 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 are the challenges in, uh, currently in, in your industry? Well, you bring up a great point because for the first probably 10 years or so, there was not a whole lot of changes. But I'll, I'll give you on the short term. Uh, you know, let's five years back in the next five, five years back, of course, the amount of interactive solutions. We were always about life safety. Mm-hmm. Now we're about lifestyle. So safety is part of the style, but now you can do it lights, light, excuse me, lighting control, locks, thermostat, so many different pieces tied to the Alexas and all the different automation of, right. hey, set my alarm, set the lights, let the shades go down. So an alarm system today, people have an app for cameras, they have an app for their thermostat, they have an app for their door lock, they have an app for their screen. Well, in the alarm industry, doesn't matter what company you pick, there's one app and all of those solutions tie together. Okay. So over the last five years, we're more about that, that lifestyle, energy savement, so forth. What's really on the horizon probably for the next uh, 24 to 36 months, everybody out there that has an alarm system, again, does not matter what the company you choose to, to be with, they're going to have to change all the cellular or internet technology as far as the communication path. Why? Because just as we went from analog cellular, we Mm -hmm. went to 2G, and then 2G went away, and we had to go to the 3, 4G. Now you're going on to LTE. It's just just like how many people actually keep their cell phone for more than five years, right? Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the alarm industry, trust me, all those alarm company owners are cheering in the background because I'm sharing that. You've got to upgrade this technology, but many people look to the alarm company and say, well, you've got to come do that for free, of course. Yes. You know, which... We as an industry typically lose a lot of money to gain you as a customer, yep. and we're two to three years plus before we ever come to that break-even point in most in most scenarios. That makes but sense. Yeah, folks need to know that somewhere that dialogue, and don't necessarily be mad at your company that's sharing that with you. It's just that that's what it is. But the, for those folks that are on landlines, you're not going to have any of this factor. But I would encourage you to consider going to cellular or internet because far greater security safety as well as you actually reduce your overall cost of home or business operation because you don't have the landline expenses. And the best example of that is in commercial fire. People have two copper lines required by code, but when you shut those off and put in a cellular fire communicator, you save probably $50, $60 a month to actually convert to that. And again, that's not about loud, that's about any alarm company out there can actually do conversions like that. Okay. Well, good to know. So all of our listeners who have the landline-based security ought to take a hard look at this, huh? Save some money, increase your protection, yep. yeah. decrease cost. Yep. Excellent. Okay. Uh, you know, John, uh, you've got a fairly unique, I think, and an interesting uh, entrepreneur business philosophy, right? Tell us more about that. You know, I guess, you know, being at 25 years, I think I was the first year or two into it and never thought it would work. I mean, I just had an idea, right? I didn't know okay. it was going to work. And then, you know, didn't know I was an entrepreneur either at that point. Look, I'm a flight attendant with Delta Airlines. I've never had a business before. I've never managed people, right? Um, and I was uh, started to have a greener pasture. I started to think it made better sense. I actually started to go sell about half the company I sold off Did and you? started to go to a different path to go, you know what? I need to get back and focus on this. But as people get later to define entrepreneurs, I, I finally later in life realized it's when determination outpaces fear. Yes. And so many times people have business ideas, but they don't follow that dream because they'll get within their circle of influence and will be like, well, you got this hurdle and this concern and you know why? Well, there were a lot of other hundreds or thousands of alarm companies out there, but that determination inside from the marketing and 
sales aspect that I did for you know probably 15 of the first years said how can I still achieve and figuring out that connection between the real estate agents and ultimately the builders had that get together but the one takeaway to me would be determination outpaces fear when you have that internally in you you can conquer anything absolutely anything but it's about building that sphere of influence that's going to support you and that's again where sometimes that R&D comes in that mm -hmm. rip off and duplicate where you learn from others or building that board of advisors you may not yes. have to pay a lot of money but it, it, people want to help people they do they really do. They do and to seek that guidance you'd be amazed at how many people will help support you encourage you lead you to the right connectivities to have that ultimate success you know and there, there's that on the other side of what you mentioned too is when you you have this determination but you have this fear if you're talking to people that love you and they're giving you what all the roadblocks you should be looking at, they're not doing that be to discourage you. They're doing that because they love you, right? Yeah. But, but it's also, you g it gets into your psyche and you start to think, ah, I don't know, right? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, a lot of folks don't want people they love to change. Yeah. And, and sometimes they're afraid that you're going to change that and they risk. don't want to deal with that. So it's interesting how, how determination uh, and fear work together and a lot of that times that fear is the fear of change or fear of, of being somewhere where I don't want to be and I'm not sure what that looks like today but someday mm -hmm. right you know another thing for me I guess is when I'm seeking counsel you know I want to take in I don't mind it all being negative because those are the obstacles that I know maybe for me to know today before I get further down the road to process and take in and try to think of how am I going to be able to persevere through that how am I going to be able to overcome whatever that whether it's a money factor or a people factor a consumer factor a customer has bankruptcy all those different things you're gonna face along the way but to have that insight at the beginning to put it in your mindset now says okay I've got it obviously I don't have all of it figured out and I'm gonna have to face it along the way but I at least have got the insight to be able to do it and then be able to handle it as it comes yes yeah so and yeah maybe not yeah you got the insight but maybe not the details yet but that's okay correct that's okay i like you i had the same sort of story you know i was a corporate sales guy for 24 years always had you know the salary the benefits and all that and when we decided to go out on our own that was a scary thing it was a scary thing but in, in, you know in my mind i said i didn't want to go back to corporate <laughs> i mean think about for me with delta look i yeah. could fly to anywhere in the world non-stop right yeah i've got flight benefits i have the most amazing medical package there is so it's all of those but at the end of the day for you al for example and everybody listening when you find that passion right it's not a job where you're going to have the joy while you're living so if you can find the joy within your job or within that career you're not going to work and that's the best part of you know being able but i know we i can speak from the men's standpoint how many yes. times boy when you're in your 20s and even in your 30s and look i'm in my 50s and i'm still trying to figure out when i grow up what do i want to do yeah but to find that passion to be able to find a way to fulfill that is obviously a, a, a tremendous blessing yes and then so you're an entrepreneur now you run a company with people i mean and, and so how do you get um how do you develop a, the corporate culture that you want and I guess second part of that question is, are you there today at Loud Security? Well, I think culture is always going to evolve. But the most mm -hmm. vital thing is, especially in developing that team, is developing the culture. Look, at any company, culture is going to develop with you as the leader or without you. You get to be the one that's going to manifest that, what that's going to define. We have so much fun and play at Loud, we actually have a code word. Our code word is Caroline, which is my daughter's name, so that we know, okay, we've got to be serious at whatever this part is. 
And look, we're <laughs> dealing with security and life safety and corporate structures, so it's not all play playtime. Yes. But we have some fun, typical banter that you'll have in aspect. So we've got a wonderfully good culture, but we invest so many ways of within our team to. Uh, uh, and, and I'll give you the best examples. Look, when we're hiring people, for example, it's more of our team members out advocating to for certain openings to be able to join our team. So they're helping with the onboard and defining the culture and the way we go about business and the way we interact with our community. You know, here we are 25 years later. We have customers in about 31 different states. We have a little wow. over 60 employees. I did not realize that. Yeah. Okay. We're ranked... Um, Top 100 in the United States for security companies. Um, so obviously ADT is number one. Um, we're number 90. Uh, we actually broke into the top 100 about three years ago. I know we'll jump into the 80s this year at some point, but well, yeah. not sure exactly what. But when I go back and actually we talked about having no debt, right? So yes. a few years back when all of a sudden Capital One out of Washington, D.C. gave us a $5 million line of credit to go do acquisitions, I was just amazed to think that here I am as a flight attendant one day, and now I tricked the bank to give me five million dollars to go do some things. But, <laughs> but behind that is again my my amazing Diane, who the financial stability and the strength of the company, and I've watched others around the nation falter and fail along the way, and I've learned you know because of listening to people like Diane, listening to the team and that culture you've built. Right. Um, so again, I think culture is a never-ending, evolving process, and we do so many things from a team and interaction. Um, my team's not happy with me for the last two days because I brought in cases of nothing bunt cake and I go around and yeah. visit and say hello and they give me the most horrific look before they turn to a smile and make their selection of which flavor. So, nice. And Very I have good. fun doing that. That's great stuff. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned some changes that are coming in down the pike for your industry. You mentioned the acquisitions and stuff. So what's next in the next few years for loud security? You know, for us, I think you're going to see us probably grow a lot more in the commercial space. You know, you've got yeah. a lot more competition from the DIY uh, and others that you hear the nonstop advertising. And uh, I, I think our industry as a whole has had about a 20% market penetration from 1995 all the way to today. Sometimes it's an 18%, sometimes it's a 21% market penetration that actually has some sort of security monitoring or protection for their home or their business. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot more players now, and even it's one of those, hey, when Amazon and others are getting into your marketplace, it tells you you're in a good marketplace because that's why they're getting into it. But many homeowners can now have a do-it-yourself. They define what security means to them. Is it a ring doorbell? That may be somebody that that's how they define security. And it's very different than when you have a custom company like ours that's going to do a different type of solution. You're right. So they may really be opening a new market for us down the road. Just like my analogy is, I used to cut my own grass years ago. I love cutting my grass, but now time-wise, I don't get to. So I'm not doing it myself. Um, another analogy, too, is when we started to offer a DIY product, I had one of our sales reps. She's been with us about five years, and she was worried about what that meant for her future commission. And I said, look, there's this company in Cobb County that started about 40 years ago. They were really small. Here we are 40 years later. They have 2,200 stores. It's called Home Depot. When they started, do you think everybody's going to, you know, build their own fence and do their own roof and pour their own concrete, paint their own rooms? <laughs> so from 1977 today, do you think we have more contractors or less contractors? You know, not everybody is going to go do it themselves. However, in the commercial space, we have a program called Life Safety Facility Manager. So in commercial buildings, you have a facility manager, whether by title or by trade, somebody's going to be responsible for the light bulbs and the, and the floors and the, you know, the paper things and the, all, all the above. Okay. Anything that pertains to life safety, such as the sprinkler inspection, 
the fire extinguisher inspection, the emergency exit lights, the NFPA 72 pole station and horn strobes. So whenever it comes to life safety, that is their greatest concern because they know we're dealing with insurance and life safety or getting shut down by the fire marshal. And they usually contract with three to five companies to actually be able to do all those services. So our thing is, look, you've known and trusted our brand in the marketplace for 25 years now. So why not give us a shot to be able to say, we'll come in and be that one source provider to be able to have the solution and take care of every bit of it. And if somebody has a relationship with an extinguisher person or a sprinkler person, we have no problem to have them be part of that. Oh, there's, no, okay. there's no cost to that company and there's no increased cost to our customer. So these are typically, we have 10,000 plus monitored customers now. And again, the bulk of everything is the Metro Atlanta area. So even though we have many commercial folks that are Kansas City, Louisiana, you name the, the state, um, as they've expanded, we've kind of been expanding with them. So it sounds like a good strategy. But the commercial piece is one of those that's not really a DIY, and they do have right. monthly or annual requirements of inspection that you need professional licensing to sign off on certain things. So I think you'll see far more growth in the commercial space for us. Okay, very good. Now, John, I know you're you're real uh, uh, active in your in your industry organizations and. and um, and other industry type uh, trade shows and such. What kinds of things do you do there? So I've been, I've ser had the opportunity and pleasure of serving as the president of our security, Georgia Security Association for three years. Have uh, you? Yes, I've had wonderful, you know, it comes back to some of the R&D and the shared best practices of, hey, you're gonna change cell units down there. How do you, what's the approach? How do you deal with this? Right. Um, I've created four dealer councils around the United States. So these groups are as small as 25 and as large as about 300, where we get together to say, you know, do you use GPS in your trucks? Or how do you go about hiring people? Where do you find these people? You know, different things of that sort. Currently, Electronic Security Association is our national entity, okay. and I'm vice president on that board. All right. Was the conference call I came walking in on, actually. Okay, good. And um, so certainly being heavily involved in our local community, whether it was the Kennesaw Business Association, I think we met there years ago, president of that in 2011. That is how we met. Yep. That that's is, yeah. Clicked. Right. Very good. I wish you guys on out in the air could see us, our eyeballs just like, that's how. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Al's been scarred for years. But, yeah, it's, um, it's been traumatic. You know, so through business associations or things like the current Cobb Chamber of Commerce, um, and my thing with it is I love the B&Is and Power Corps, and I've been members of those, and then you've got, which is all about leads, leads, leads. Right. And then when you think about Kiwanis and Lions Club and, and uh, Rotary, those are civic, awesome, give, give, give. My joy has been within the business associations or chambers that have a great balance of both, where I can do a lot of business generation opportunity, yes. but I can also get engaged in a lot of community civic give back in different ways. Yes, and I want to talk about the Cobb Chamber of Commerce here in a minute. Again, this is Al Simon with Sandler Training, your host for Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. And our guest today has been John Loud, founder, president, CEO of Loud Security Systems for 25 Five years, yeah. But transitioning, John, now you're the incoming chairman of the Cobb Chamber of Commerce. How exciting! It has been very, very exciting. You yeah, know, I've, I've found ways that usually my mind, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, doesn't require a lot of sleep because I come up with multiple business ideas and so forth. But you know, this has been uh, about 18 months ago. 70 people were in a room and unanimously made a mistake that they're about to feel the repercussions of. You know, what is 2020? What's that clear vision look for ahead? So they should have, have planned better. <laughs> well, you know, the, the scary part <clears throat> is I grew up in the Boston area. My entire family is flying in for the 25th of January. And I'm like, guys, I'm not 
passing away. I'm not, but I mean, my niece, my nephews, if somebody's dating, they're all flying in. Wow. We're talking five tables. And I'm actually going to say at our annual gala, I'm actually going to ask them all to stand and say they want to meet some of those 70 people because they have some stories they'd like to share with them. Yes. <laughs> but, and you're telling me about all kinds of changes at the Cobb Chamber. Yes. Give us some of those highlights, if you would. Sure. I'll give you a few. So we've been in a building for 35 years. The Cobb Chamber has been in that. The members, you know, raised the money and built, and we were debt-free. Um, but you can imagine 35 years into it, the building had kind of seen its lifespan that kind of started to say, you know, we've got a fund, the maintenance cost to maintain that. So we went through about a year assessment of what's it going to cost to redo that building versus relocate. Okay. So this afternoon, um, we're actually going to do our building dedication and ribbon cutting into our new space, which is at 1100 Circle 75, the entire 10th floor. The neat thing about that location, out one side of the windows, you get to see the amazing Buckhead and City of Atlanta skyline. Yes. You can look out and see our wonderful international airport with our destinations nonstop to so many places around the world. But the other window you look out, you're looking right inside SunTrust Park, the Atlanta Battery. Truist Park. Truist. Oh, yes. yes. It's a new day. That yes. was two days ago. I'm exactly. So, <laughs> Sorry about it. And you're also looking at Kennesaw Mountain. You're able to look yeah. at the North Georgia Mountains. So what a way, when companies are looking to continue to select Georgia to be an option of consideration, they now get to look at this area and say, you have the proximity of the airport in a great city like Atlanta, but yet you've got Cobb County and wonderful taxes and amazing school systems. So why not consider this to be your sweet spot? Yes. How about the programs at the Cobb Chamber? Any changes there? Well, you know, we have about 400 events throughout the year, so it's a very all? intense. It, yeah. I will share with you, which will come out on Saturday. We're actually going to have a, a new lower rate for small business focus. So this year I'm going to focus a lot on small business workforce development and a military focus with Dobbins right there in our community. Good. And one of the things from small business, we're going to actually offer a $250 rate. Because I'll tell you, Al, when I was the guy in the basement of my home trying to find that money to say, can I afford $85 a year for KBA? And then it was a few years later I could afford $75 at the Ackworth Business Association. And those are big dollars to be able to say, how do I start? Well, it was years later I could finally afford the Cobb Chambers $400. Yes. But as a small business person, I want to be able to find an in-between. So somebody that's got three employees or less for $250, they'll be able to say, let me give this a shot and see what I can get for value and how does this help us to be able to get my business going? Right. And it will help. It will help. Yeah, and, and I was one that years later could I then afford Chairman's Club level, which is about a $5,000 investment level. Mm -hmm. So as the business grew, I was able to grow in my membership uh, piece of that. But you will see a lot of small business initiatives. Workforce is a huge challenge for every one of us with the unemployment rate so low. Oh, yes. But I tell you, the state of Georgia has done an amazing job. Whether you looked at the technical college system of Georgia. It's really, really rich. Outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look at all the college and career academies that they've been doing over the last several years. So in Cobb, we're going to be opening the Marietta City School College and Career Academy soon. Cobb County is going to open up the Cobb County School System. will be opening theirs up later this year. So we're going to have two more of those. And as Georgia got recognized for the first year now to be the number one state for workforce, you know, we're still investing. So when these companies are looking to come to Cobb and Gwinnett and greater Atlanta area, not only are we got great workforce today, but we're all investing for the workforce for the future nice. so that they know that this should be a great place to stay. This is really exciting. I know you're getting ready to embark on this journey as uh, heading up that, that uh, great organization. And we're really happy for you. Let me add two pieces, too. So I'd okay. love to invite anybody. We have um, our, we've always known our first Mondays is what we've had for years. First Monday breakfast is yes. our large breakfast. The tough part about it is it's not always on the first Monday. 
When you have January 1st, it's not the first Monday. We moved it to second. July 4th, Labor Day, it goes on. So now we now have it called Marquee Monday, and it's no longer really on the first Monday. It's all changed. It's mostly the second Mondays, but it's called Marquee Monday. Marquee Monday. It's at the Roxy in the Battery, right okay. beside SunTrust Park. Yes. So it's got great Truist energy. Park. Truist Park. Oh, my God. He's got me twice. But um, that's one thing. The other I want to share is we changed our logo. So when you get a chance to see our new logo, I want you to realize that it's even though it has a C for Cobb Chamber, it has an opening in that C, which is really about a seat at the table. We want to invite so many folks to come together to have the dialogue about whether it's workforce development, how do I find employees, how do you, how do you as a chamber help me grow my business, whether it's about our commitment to partners in education, whether it's about our military initiatives, all transportation and mobility. There's so many community discussions yes. to be able to have us be a better, richer community for 10, 20, 30 years, but we want to invite all these businesses to have a seat at the table, come join us, come check it out. It's been a wonderful uh, kickoff to 2020 and looking forward to serving Cobb and being involved in the region. You know, John, I, I just I just hear the passion in your voice, not, not just for loud security, but also for uh, business in the region through the Cobb Chamber and other things. It's really great to, to have you here in our business environment and uh, really focused on helping people. That's just awesome. Well, thank you. It's, it's just awesome. an absolute honor to be able to, to serve in such capacity. But yeah. for the, all those that have helped me through the years, I'm one that just love to help and connect folks to, you know, what they're looking and pursuing. And well, obviously you're doing it because, uh, you know, taking on what you're taking on is a huge commitment. I do have to introduce myself lately as my name is John Loud. I'm, I'm president of Loud Security Systems, but I get paid. I'm there part-time, and I'm a full-time volunteer for the Cobb Chamber of Commerce. Full-time volunteer. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> so, John, if our listeners would like to get a hold of you for either one, for, sure. uh, for security systems uh, or for uh, information about the Cobb Chamber and how they can get involved, what's the best way to get a hold of well, you? I'll tell you what. I'll encourage every business person out there to do the same. Is on our website. I'm going to give you the number. If you actually go onto my website under customer care, my cell number's there. Okay. I have only one cell phone. I have one cell number. And it's there with 10,000 plus customers. If somebody has a problem, a question, a concern, I would love to know now before somebody ever left. Okay. And I assure you on a monthly basis, I don't get lots of issues because you just couldn't if, you know, that's where it goes back to culture. But um, my cell number, 678-300-9785. My email is nice and easy, just john, J-O-H-N, at loudsecurity.com. Okay. John at loudsecurity.com. And our office phone number is 678-GET-LOUD. Oh, that's great. 678-GET-LOUD. Take a guess what my license plate says. Uh, maybe get loud. There you go. There wow. You go. That's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, hey, I went to college. <laughs> hey, remember, I was born and suffered with this name for the years. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, you're doing great with it. So, John, thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, John Loud, uh, president of Loud Security Systems and the incoming chairman of the Cobb Chamber of Commerce. It's been great talking with you. Once again, this is Al Simon uh, with Sandler Training in uh, our show, Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. And as, as always, John, I'm going to share my insights on, uh, on a sales tip, since sales is what we do at Sandler Training. And uh, so listener uh, submitted this question, what is the best closing method to get a customer to have immediate action today? Best closing method. You know, John, I've been in sales for, what, 40-something years now, and everybody wants to talk about closing deals. Uh, and, and in the old days, it was all that hard sell closing stuff, right? You, you yourself talked about that sales training where they wanted you to be pushy. Yes. Right? yes. 
And that's the interesting thing. Your reaction to that, even, even today, sticks with you. You know, people do not like to be pushed into making decisions. Right. So let's stop doing that. Let's stop doing all that hard sell stuff, all that pressure pack stuff, you know, where the shirts are circling and you know, the violence crescendoing moment in time when the prospect has to make a decision. <laughs> Except for the fact that a lot of times today, again, with technology changes, most of the time, a lot of our clients are not actually in front of the prospect when the decision is made. So it's not like they can hand the pen over and, you know, press hard, third copy is yours. That's right. not really uh, even possible today uh, for, for most of our clients, much less is it even something you should do. You right. should not do it. Um, now, on the other hand, let's not be wimps, okay? Let's not be hoping the prospect is going to someday right. have the epiphany that they should sign with us and go ahead and sign and send right. it in, right? That's, well, yeah. you've got to ask for the business at some point. You've got to do something to make something happen, yes. right? And, and, and so to be in charge of the sales cycle without losing any kind of trust uh, and rapport that you're building with your prospect, it is huge. The best sales professionals know how to do this and do it well, and it's not that hard, really. Mm -hmm. If you get yourself out of that mindset that I need to get this deal, right? To get yourself yeah. out of that mindset. And by the way, the best way to get that mindset is to have a really strong pipeline so that no one sales call if it doesn't go well, it's going to derail you. Right. If, if, the, if the prospect uh, doesn't need you as much as you need them, you're in trouble. <laughs> well, Al, yeah. too, you know, it's, you know, people like to buy from who they know, they like, they trust. Yes. It's establishing that rapport. As you heard me say early yes. on, it's about that education sale as to how does this all work. And that rapport will kind of, as you know, lead on to that trusted relationship that, you know, they want to do business with you. Yeah. And we're going to build that rapport. We're going to focus on that rapport. And then we're going to be in control of what needs to happen without being a dictatorial about it. It's a, it's, a, it's a context that I call nurturingly assertive, right? Nurturingly assertive. So we're not wimpy and we're not pushy and aggressive. We're nurturingly assertive. And so all we're doing is, is, is asking the prospect, does it make sense that if we do these things and answer your questions about those things, uh, and and we both agree on the investment. Yes. Would it make sense to make a decision sometime in the near future? That's the first step. The second step then is to at, at the point in time when all the questions have been answered, all the information has been exchanged, to say, John, what do you want to do? And that's it. And John might say, you know what, Al, I don't want to do anything, and that's just fine. It is just fine. Well, yeah, you got to know, know when to move on to. But yeah, part friends. No is a good answer, uh, uh, and no is never forever. What's not a good answer is the old "let me think it over" or "let me ghost you" or, right. and those are not good answers. Right. Good answer is two people having a frank conversation. Either yes, it makes sense, and let's do this, or no, it doesn't make sense right now. Let's not do this, and that's that's business, and that's nurturingly assertive, and that's the answer to the question. The best way. Uh, the best closing method to get a customer to have immediate action today is to make sure that you're addressing what they need to get done and that it makes sense, and then it's their decision to go. Wonderful. And that's uh, the sales tip of the day from Al Simon at Sandler Training on Business Radio X show. Simon says, let's talk business. John, thank you so much. John Loud, president of Loud Security Systems. And everybody out there, good selling. <laughs>